You got it, Lance? Can you hear it? No music, dude. It doesn't. Disaster. Can you make this thing go faster? But I love listening Ooh, tell to you. Tell you what, baby. I love How about listening that win to last thing. night. What? How about that Sixers win last night? That was Can You Make This Thing Go Faster by the Black Crows. Yeah. So did you get any of it or was it all marble? No, we, I never get any, but I got to hear you sing. And uh, I I did catch the game last night. And I, I, I hope that we get a chance to talk today. I'm so excited about the Sixers team. And granted, I heard a good thing on talk radio yesterday. They were like, let's not take this season like, like a football season because it's 82 games. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do that, when you take it, you know, like season, you know, you get overwhelmed by it. So let's not read that much into it. But the six and one start for a team without James Harden, a lot of the guys from that trade are actually playing like Nicholas Batum last night played. And uh, it's just more fun to watch this team. And obviously the greatest upgrade is that we actually have a head basketball coach who seems to like inspire better play in his players. I think you're right. I, You know, I think it's a couple of things. I'm glad we're starting off with the Sixers. The Eagles are on by, and they had that big win against Dallas. Uh, they had some injuries, and uh, Dallas Goddard needs to get his uh, surgery on his arm. He, I think he already had surgery on his arm. Uh, I got very nervous when Jalen took that hit in the knee. Uh, I was very nervous about that. Then we lost both cornerbacks at one point. But we held on, man, and we made plays. But we can talk about that later. Let's come back because obviously – about the Sixers. You're yeah. right. And then maybe quick note on the Phillies, too, because um, there's a little bit of action over there. So the Sixers, I was thinking about this today, and I last week I expressed my exuberance, my joy, my love of the game has come back because we traded James Harden. And to me, just personally, I never played with the guy. I know that's a shocker, but to me it felt like a giant weight was lifted off of my chest and everything – And it was like my vision that was once blocked was all of a sudden beautiful again. And I could see the world again. And that's how I felt entering the Sixers season. And I think at that point last week, maybe they were two and oh, or no, no, they were what? Two and one, three and one, something like that. So um, I love what the Sixers are doing right now. I don't know if it's going to last. I don't know that it's not going to last. I love what we're seeing from Tyrese Maxey. Did you see that block last night? That yeah, I did see it. I did I see mean, it. That was insane. This guy's only like 6'2", if I'm correct. Yeah. I mean, that block that he had was just... It was on holiday, right? It was, yeah, it was on Drew. Drew. Yeah, it yeah. was on Drew. Um, and then it just Embiid is playing at such a level and such... He's, more than anything, Embiid is dominating, but he's been so efficient. That's the great thing. He's not playing you know 35 plus minutes a night you know um in this system and i i tobias has played well you know kelly Oubre, who i know has has fallen off a little bit but he's he's still playing at a high level you know he i think he went for 17 and 8 last night and i I was looking at the the box score and the, the sixers i feel like players are playing their role on this team. No one's trying to be a superstar. You've got two stars and yeah. everyone else is a role player, which is sort of like what we needed last year. Right. There was no Kelly Oubre on this team. The P.J. Tucker, it looks like 
whatever he was doing by committee, they're basically doing, whether it be Nicholas Batum, whether it be Marcus Morris, whether it be Paul Reed. I mean, whatever P.J. Tucker did, I mean, they're doing – they've adequately replaced him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I wanted to read you a quote. I, I can't find it. I'm going to look for it um, that Embiid had. Embiid's leading the league at 31.7 points a game. And I know I said no one's a superstar. I mean, Embiid is obviously your superstar, and Maxi is your emerging superstar. And we, we you know, you let me uh, kind of ramble on last week about whether or not this team was being built for Maxi. And I, I, I think it's, I mean, I think he is, he is a superstar, right? Right. Emerging right before our eyes. And uh, well, remember with the Lakers, not to draw this comparison, but the Lakers had an aging, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, I guess he was about 29, and Kobe was like around Maxi's age, and they complemented themselves where, well for that three-year period. So there's no reason why it can't work for another couple of years. And, you know, they, they play well together much more. I mean, I'm going to say Harden really didn't fit because he just stood there with the ball and, and the offense slowed down. This motion offense is working much better now. Um, it's more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, he took so much air out of the offense. I feel like, and and you know, look, it's it. I don't think that this is. Um, you know, I don't think that I look. I think better days are ahead for the Clippers, but they started out zero and two. You know, and and we're we're playing great basketball right now. I think the Nick Nurse uh, system and the he is such a cerebral pro coach. You know, you hear yeah. him talking about different things and. I read a quote last night that he's like was talking about defending the pick and roll with Joel. And um, he's like, we've only really installed 40% of our defense. Like how nice is that to hear that there's like more in the pipeline that we haven't even unleashed on people. So I like the depth that this team has right now. You know, we're getting contributions from our bench. Um, you even know, Furkan, he's played Furkan. Furk is on fire, but. You know, unfortunately, D'Anthony Melton has not played played no. particularly well. But you, to be honest with you, you have you haven't really needed him, right? Kelly Oubre has really stepped up. I really like what this team's doing. They're fun. They like. I, Joel had a quote. I, I was trying to look for it, and I'll keep looking for it if, as long as we talk about the Sixers. But it was something to the effect of, um, "There's no hero ball. No one's trying to stand out. These guys really like playing with each other." And um, you know, we're, we're having fun playing basketball again. And I ask you for all this kumbaya that they had externally with James Harden and how they love James Harden, blah, 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 blah. Do you think that there is some, do you think the players feel this at all? Like that James is gone and now they can kind of play more cohesively as a team and yes. it's less about him. And Joel won't say it because Joel is a good, you know, he didn't say it about Jimmy Butler. And he's not going to say it about James Harden or Ben Simmons. A little bit about Ben Simmons, that the calm and steadiness sort of wins the race. And and this, you know, I know that I said obviously. I think you agreed that Milwaukee and Boston is considered a presumptive favorite in the Eastern Conference. But with two stars, the Sixers have maybe, maybe, maybe this is the year they they do something. Yeah, I mean, you may be right. Um... I mean, remember, I was not optimistic going into this season. I that's why this is a refreshing change because I was not optimistic at all. Uh and and watching that collapse last year was just 
dispiriting and the Harden thing was dispiriting. It might actually end up that this is might save Maury his job, which is interesting. This acquisition, would you have ever thought that would happen? That this this James Harden deal, his guy would actually end up maybe him keeping his job with management? I mean, that's pretty wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be ironic? The one guy, you know, he's he's talked so much about his guys and how he was you know, Harden so much. And and the deal that saves his job is the one that he deals hard in. But, you know, it is still early. What, we're seven games into the season? We're seven it's, games. It's as good and, as start- and they've had this – most of these games have come at home, everything but two games at home. And they start the play-in tournament coming up. I think it's this weekend they start the play-in tournament, which is sort of an interesting thing. Like some of these games count towards the play-in tournament. Some of these games do not count towards the play-in tournament. Um the, yeah, we'll see. I would love to see them make a run at the play-in tournament. It sounds like something out of the G League, like the G League showcase in Vegas that they have every year. Wouldn't that be interesting to see the Sixers win a title? You, I, would you throw them a parade if they won the, the in-season tournament title? No, that, it doesn't matter for, for anything, right? You don't even get a playoff spot if you win this in-season. No, you like, don't, but. How does this thing work? It's starting when? It starts the Sixers start. They I think they play four games, and from that they get reseeded. And I believe they're in with the Pistons and the Pacers. And I mean, they should be able to get out of that group. I mean, they they definitely are. And I don't know who the fourth team is. Um, so it's not your conference. I, I've never been less inf- informed about uh, a sports subject that I care about than I am. It's, the it's, you know, I can see the NHL doing this too. It's, I don't think it's a very good idea. I, I just, it would be like college basketball doing that. And, you know, it's like the CBI tournament or whatever it's called, <laughs> like that horrible third rank college basketball tournament that they have. It's not even quite the NIT. It's the CBI college basketball invitational, but they do it in Vegas. And, uh, you know, it's a harbinger of things to come. that Vegas is going to have an NBA team. It's just perfect actually. Yeah. What? So the championships in Vegas, is that how? Yeah. They do like a final four in Vegas, I think. Um. See, I, I I think I feel like if you're gonna do a, a, a tournament, it would be more fun to do it over the Christmas holidays, and then you just do, like, maybe you play like the last couple of de- you know last fifteen days of December, and it culminates on Christmas Day with the championship game, or yeah, almost like summer like, league, but the games count, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that, and and like a two week period where. You know, you make it like college basketball, but of course they don't want it to go against the regular season games because they want to sell tickets and they want the television rights and and that's what they're they're doing. But, you know, I could see the Sixers doing well with that. Obviously, uh, I think the Sixers are playing on Christmas this year again, which is yeah, a good as thing. As are the Eagles. Are the Eagles playing on Christmas or Christmas Eve? I think it's Eve. Christmas Eve this year because right. it's the 24th is right. Sunday. Yep. So... Yeah. Let me just read for you this quote about Embiid. I found it. Uh, he said, after six straight wins, no one has an ego on this team. We got new guys, took them in, got them up to speed. Guys want to play with each other. They want to be around each other. I think it helps a lot. Like, I think that, uh, to me, that feels like a shot at Harden. 
right? I mean, like, not, yeah. not, not, it's, it's Harden James, and Simmons. Harden and Simmons. Yeah. And I think from Joel's perspective, maybe he's thinking like, wow, this is nice. We actually have, you know, team chemistry. Like in a way, you know, I, I wonder too, if from just a Philly perspective and hear me out on this, I wonder if we, our hearts were so like, we were so frustrated and crushed with the Phillies, the way that they fell apart and the love that we had for that team. And then the Sixers came in. And I wonder if the Sixers honestly uh, just took that opportunity and took advantage of the fact that like Philly was in like this mourning period because of what was going on. And uh, it's a little you know. bit early. The Flyers have remember the Flyers got a lot of love, and now I guess was they've yeah. lost five in a row. Yeah, they just lost to San Jose, who I think hadn't won a game all season. So the goodwill towards the Flyers has sort of calmed a little bit, but we're a little bit realistic what the Flyers are all about. And here are the Sixers. They have this opportunity uh, to win over a fan base. And they don't have – like the games coming up are all not all that difficult. I mean, I can look on my phone, but they're not like the most difficult opponents. Like you should be able to beat the Pistons and the Pacers. And, right. and I mean, Indiana obviously has Therese Halliburton, but – some of these games are not all that difficult. Um, yep. Yeah. So, I mean. And I think we're turning into a good team. I mean, I think that with the combination of Nurse, uh, you know, I think he's he is uh, looks to be, and I'm trying to not overset expectations, but I think at a minimum he does seem like an upgrade over Doc, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I love Doc, and he's also really good with the reporters. Like he's mm-hmm. not combative with the reporters. I've heard, I've seen some of his press conferences. He's he's what you would say. He was very he's very intelligent. That that comes across that if this guy wasn't an NBA coach, he looks like a college professor. Right, right. He, I mean, yeah. he he's very intelligent. He's not like one thing I think that came across with Doc was he got defensive sometimes when yeah. he was making questionable decisions and. He'd say, you know, I'm the coach. I'm. The... I don't get that from Nick Nurse. He seems very confident in his abilities. Um, it sounds like he's brought over a lot of the staff from the the Raptors, um, and yeah. uh, it just seems like they're a good fit. And uh, it's interesting because I remember I didn't have this team winning more than 46 games. And granted, it's early, and we've seen teams overperform in the beginning and then collapse. But uh, who knows? I mean. That game against was it the Wizards where he put up forty eight points and didn't even play much of the fourth period? I mean that was incredible. Yeah. Um, and we saw like everyone on this fifteen man roster play. I mean yeah. everyone played, and so like he's willing to play young guys, but there's a lot of veteran experience on this team. For like it seems like it's a nice roster that's been crafted and an interesting roster that's been crafted. I was very, very skeptical of this roster at first. And I had been, I had been hearing, wow, this is the best roster they've had since Embiid's been around. And if you look at some of those names, you're like wondering, but maybe it is, maybe it, yeah. it maybe it's a complimentary roster. I would like to see Jaden Springer. Like I'd like to see him get some minutes like pretty consistently. Cause I do think he defensively has shown a lot. And I, I know he's been working on a sh- jumper. 
But yeah, I mean, even just, and, and I'm curious to see what uh, KJ Martin can do. Cause I'm looking at this like minute spread and it is interesting to me, you know, uh, he does seem to have his, his, his guys, but I also think like the nice thing that I've, I've appreciated about nurse is yes, he has a system. And I think, yes, he is. I think he's figuring out his rotation. Like I think doc was very much like um, Joe Girardi in the sense where he was like, and he'd maybe even Rob Thompson to some degree, but to a lesser degree, but, he's set in his ways and like this, it's my system and this is what we're going to do. And da, 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 da. Whereas I think nurse is a little bit more of a uh, malleable, takes more of a malleable approach to the games. I think he, I wouldn't be surprised to see him tinker with his lineups a little bit based on matchups and certainly work on his sub rotations. But, um, and then I think, I know you keep laughing, man. I know you, but dude, I really do think that Pat Bev brings an element yeah. of nastiness to this team that I think he's far more capable at this stage in his career than PJ Tucker is. And you know, he's he's not six four like PJ Tucker was, but a Pat questionable Bev, six five. <laughs> that, yeah, but Pat Bev I think brings an element of just dog to this team, and I I like what what he brings um, to our team. And and uh, he's yeah, here on not, he's on on a. a team friendly contract too so let's yeah, remember that he's not yeah. being overpaid pj tucker is a part-time player with the clippers so right. yep and what i what i love here is that the you know one of the reasons why i got so excited about this trade when we talked about it a few weeks ago was because it was one word do you remember the word i shared no hard no that's too no, hard. No, no without hard i said this trade it gave us hope right it yeah. gave us and that's what I think I see with this team right now. That's what I see with what some of the assets we were able to acquire. You know, there's already been talk that the Sixers may look to make a make a deal, but you know, they're playing so well right now. I don't know what's good. You know, there's a long way to the trade deadline, the injuries, everything can play a factor in the NBA. Um, but you know, there were some names that that were uh, brought out about players who they may pursue or may not pursue. Um, and I think if you look at that Nick Nurse Raptors connection, to me, it's, it would seem to be a logical fit. But we'll, we'll see, see what happens, you know. Right. So the Tyrese Maxey, you know, this idea that he can't play point guard. Well, I mean, what, Stephen Curry is a point guard who's not a traditional point guard. But, I mean, I see him sort of being in that role where they get a, a competent shooting guard, or maybe that's Melton, who's also a good ball handler. So he's not a primary like as we say point guard he just is bringing the ball up and he's of that size where he can do it and i think that it could work out well and look at the difference with harden not being your point guard maxi's game has improved the ball movement has improved certainly the ball skills have improved. the ball skills the ball handling has improved uh you know and tobias i think tobias has also like stepped up his game again uh, and he and has and maybe the four is his more natural position because he I, – I remember him playing the four in previous stops in the league. So maybe he wasn't a, a three. I mean, maybe he's a natural four. Um, so maybe that maybe that works out. It's hard to say. And, you know, you also have to think about uh, – I saw this yesterday before the, the game. I think the Sixers are the only team with four players averaging 20 points a game. Uh, yeah. So they're getting that balance that that you seek. I mean, who doesn't want that kind of balance? So 
it's great to see this. It's really encouraging. It's very exciting to watch this. I think I'm going to get the NBA package just so I, can I hope you, well, I'm spoiled that I get Allah and Kate, but you will get to hear them too. And, and Kate is great. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you get the other team's announcers, which kind of. You know, and Allah, Allah, I love. Allah Abdul Nabi, awesome. It's your boy. Um, can didn't we? You meet, didn't you meet him? I did meet him at Duke okay. in 86, and then I met him at a Sixers game recently. So How's that for a memory, dude? It's yeah. It's really. Can we talk those Philadelphia Eagles? You're 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Should be 9-0 personally. But this was probably the best going into a bye start that you could really feel this team could have. Eight and one, best record in the NFL. Uh, I know people are rooting for the Chiefs here and there, but mm -hmm. I, I think, I mean, totally, I don't think you could expect any better start for the Eagles. And the best thing about it is I can even see them getting better, even with the injuries that are coming up that have come about, I still think this team can get better going into this next five-game gauntlet, which is coming up after the bye. Yeah, um, it is. This is the gauntlet, right? So this is the six games. So we had Dallas, we're through one game, and then I know we play Kansas City. Kansas City, five, right? San Francisco, Buffalo, Buffalo, Seattle, and then Dallas again. Dallas again. And right. I think the Dallas – I think they're actually going to do better on the other. I think Dallas game is going to be a loss, but we'll see. That would be gravy if they had that one too. But, you know, they got Kansas City coming up on, is it Monday night football? Um, or is it Sunday night football? Is it Monday night football? I don't know. That's a great question. I'm not even sure. I'm not even both, sure. Both teams might add, have a bye this week. Yep. And we all know Andy Reid's record. Andy Reid. What is it like? A million to in zero coming off a bye win, but I think, remember they I think he had one loss recently. Yeah, the Eagles. Yes, you're correct. Monday Night Football. Um, so they get you know they get that extra day. They, I mean, they have a you know it's almost like a two weeks, two, fifteen days, like a, and of course, high, yeah, there'll be the triple broadcast where it'll be on free TV, terrestrial, and ABC, and then they'll have the. Uh, broadcast on ESPN as well as the Manning broadcast on ESPN too on the dose. I can't watch the deuce. Uh, I, I can't watch the uh, Manning cast when my team's playing. Cause I, it's too, there's too much going on. There's too much humor. And like, I just, I just wouldn't have to watch the game. Like when I watch the Manning cast, I almost watch it just for, you know, cause their commentary and their back and forth is really funny. So that's why this is going to be like a meaningful Monday night game, like back in yeah. the nineties. This is really well because I, I remember the last time I saw a meaningful Monday night game. Now there have been ones was I think like <laughs> Ty Detmer was playing the Niners in the in the two thousands. That was the year that like Donovan uh, yeah. was injured. It was yeah. like two thousand three. I mean, it's been that long. I think I saw the game with Matt Reagan. It's been twenty years. I mean, remember, been, remember that performance? Was it Ty he, or was it Coy Detmer? It was he passed for like 300 yards. Was yeah, and then, then he got injured. He got injured, and that was like the AJ Feely year that he came in. It's crazy stuff. But this is this is this is an exciting Monday night game, and they beat Dallas. 
I know that a lot, I mean, that game gave me heart attack there in the ending. Like, what the hell were they doing on that last drive? It's so crazy because watching that game, you look at, I think, the contrast between the Cowboys and the Eagles and what ha- that has become. Because in years past, uh, I would say the Eagles probably would have lost that game. And the difference is they seem to – the Eagles, you know, I mean, to me, I was thinking about this. I think the Eagles have that ability to just – they just find ways to win. Like, kind of reminds me of Andy Reid and the Chiefs, even Alabama, or if you want to throw Georgia in there. I mean, the great football teams, they – have created this culture of winning and they expect to win and they find ways to win and they make these plays and across the course of the game, you know, whether it's, you know, you you have to think about there's so many plays in that game that just went the Eagles way. And those, you know, Deandre Swift recovered both fumbles that he had. Right. Yeah. Like that was crazy. The one he ran into AJ, like that was awful. And if the Cowboys had recovered that right there, they would have had awesome field position. The tackle by um, Ed Reed Blankenship, uh, you know, at the half yard line, right on the yeah. on the Cowboys tight end Schoonover, and then uh, you know the play that they made on Dak, where he him was going out at getting out with at the two yard line or whatever with the two yeah yards. where he stepped out, and then even the play where Dak ran for the end zone on the other side and got flipped over on his head by that tackle by uh, Slay. I mean, the the Eagles are just they just find ways to like winning teams and winning organizations find ways to make plays when they need to make plays. And, and when you watch a chiefs game, whenever they're down and I'm sure you do this too, you know, I sit back and I'm just like, the chiefs are going to win this. They're going to come back. They're going to score three touchdowns and they win it. And like, I would say 85 to 90% of the time they win it. They do that. And I think those teams, they just foster this culture of winning and they just believe that we're going to win. And they're that mentality. I think, you know, over the course of the game where things get tight and sphincters tighten up and everyone's, you know, everyone gets nervous about what's going to happen. Those winning teams, they find ways to execute and to win. Did you ever think, though, that we'd be talking about the Eagles like that coming? I mean, it's interesting what a Super Bowl victory will do. But remember, they regressed with Doug Peterson after that Super Bowl and they ended up what where they had to win outright at the end of those two seasons following just to make the playoffs. And then he was out the following season. So, I mean, kudos. We, we didn't want to like him, Nick Sirianni, but he's built something there with Howie. They built this winning culture in only three years, which I can't see it stopping anytime soon. Like I see Sirianni being the coach with the Eagles, like a John Harbaugh being there for like 10 plus years because he's young and I don't see him going anywhere. Right. Yeah. And he is the perfect fit for the Eagles because I think we would all like despise him um, or admire him if he was a coach of another team because he's so in your face and obnoxious. And I think he's he's so um, reflective of the passion and the fan base in Philly. So, um, yeah, kudos and kudos to Jeffrey Laurie and and Howie for identifying Sirianni when none of us knew who he was. And we're like, uh, this is our guy. And Sirianni's talking about planting seeds, Uh, you know, planting seeds. We've been like, let's, I mean, uh, can we switch? Cause we have eight minutes and I want to cover yeah. off. On, it's a huge college football weekend. 
Yeah. I want to cover off on the Phillies. So sure, sure. Uh, like what, three, what, three what, minutes, what? four minutes left. We'll talk Phillies, but let's for three minutes. College football. There are some enormous, enormous games this weekend. Uh, I'm just going to run through a couple of them. Not talking detail, but Michigan goes to Happy Valley, right? Yeah, that's a huge game. Three versus ten, Penn State. Um, Alabama goes to Kentucky. Not as big of a game. That's not a big game. No, not as big of a game. But Utah goes to Washington. How about Washington, man? They they yeah. are their quarterback Penix is so good. Uh, I really like him. Tennessee visits Mizzou, so that's going to be a great game. Two top fifteen teams going going at it. Uh, you know that you got my uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, who are now number two, by the way. Uh, Who's number one? Uh, Ohio State is now number one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Georgia is hosting Ole Miss, number nine. So that's where uh, uh, College Game Day is going to be in Athens for that top 10 match. I cannot go because it is my daughter's birthday. Uh, but that's going to night game at 7 o'clock. Lane, Lane Kiffin has really turned that program around. Yeah, he has. I mean, I'm wondering about, like, what skeletons and what, like, cheating scandals they're going to find because it seems like Kiffin always leaves a place worse off than – uh, he, he like takes it to a level and then he has to leave. He's usually forced out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I'm curious to see what, what the, what the, uh, collateral damage is with that. So, um, yeah, so it's just some, some really, really good slate of college football games this, uh, this weekend. So make time for college football, everyone. Uh, and I was going to say college basketball has started up. It's always around veterans day now. So I, Kentucky played. I saw a little bit of that game. Just thinking of Tyrese Maxey, former Kentucky guy. If we'll see some of these guys in the pros soon, or we always do. Um, and then there were a couple other games. There was, I know there's this guy, a freshman at Baylor who looked good. Um, so, you know, it's some, it's funny. Sometimes on Veterans Day, I think they play a game on an aircraft carrier or sometimes yeah. they play it in right. different areas. So, yeah. You get a chance to watch some college ball. Uh, that big Big Twelve has become like the best basketball conference now in college basketball. Houston's yeah. joined the fray there, and I mean, some really good basketball in that conference. It's fun, man. I tell you, I, I will tell you though. Uh, completely oh, honest. late. I, it, I don't watch. I don't watch college basketball until after college football is over. I did want to. So we didn't touch on Bob Knight yet. Um, oh, yeah, I know he passed college basketball story. I don't know how I feel about that because this was someone that I really had contempt for um, as a human being after finding out about what was going on at Indiana. I watched that ESPN 30 for 30 on him. I just, I don't know. I can't really mourn this guy. I, I know you're supposed to be nice to someone in death, and but he just was a contemptible a human being in my perspective. And I, he always rubbed me the wrong way. And that's why I always hated the comparisons to Krzyzewski, who always seemed like he was so different than his mentor with his temperament and then comparisons tonight. And I know that sounds mean, but it it is the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – he had some old school methods, I think, for, for sure. And uh, he certainly crossed the line of what was acceptable. And um, I think some of his players loved playing for him and some of his players probably loathed playing for him, you know. Um, so it's uh, – yeah, it's a lot. Um, let's let's uh, do some fillies. It's the four-minute – Shift over to some fills. Four-minute fills. 
is what we're going to do right now. Uh, so I don't know if you saw the big news, but uh, Bryce Harper is going to be our uh, first baseman now moving forward. So it looks like Reese's time in Philly and his lovely wife. I, I, what's her name? Um, She's the one that was buying beers for people, right? Yeah, she was super cool. But it looks like their time in Philly is, is now past. Uh, so wishing Reese the best in wherever he ends up. Uh, and uh looks like Bryce is going to play first. So, and then the other, so that's one piece. Second piece is, uh, it does not look like Aaron Nola is going to return based on what uh, rumors are coming out. And uh, the, your boy, Howard Eskin, the Burger King himself, came out and said he had heard Nola uh, is not going to return. The word on the street is that Nola wanted like, uh, I think he wanted like a seven or eight year deal. That's and, absurd. Yeah. That's absurd for a with, pitcher. With some, with He's 30 years old. Money. Yeah, with some insane money. Yeah. Uh, now, the one thing I think you can say about Nola is he's durable, if nothing else. Um, and, and you know, he was very, very up and down, played great during down the stretch, and then kind of came apart in the uh, when we needed him in the playoffs. Um, and there was talk about maybe Blake Snell as a replacement for Nola. I would not want Blake Snell in our rotation. The guy, he's either always injured, and the two seasons – you know, he's had two like dominant seasons and then out of what, seven, I think seven or eight. And uh, he's either always injured or, you know, a little better than mediocre. And I I just, I, I wouldn't want to hitch my wagon to Blake Snell long-term. That's, that's me. And then I think, you know, look at the markets he played in. He played in Tampa and he played in San Diego. You know, Philly's a different beast, man. And uh, I just don't, I don't like the way that sets up. So um I don't know. There's some free agent pitchers. The problem is, is there's no real like young guys or emerging guys like Wheeler. So if they wanted a younger guy, it looks like they probably would have to make a trade. And speaking of trades, the word came out today that the Phillies are uh, open and maybe more than open to dealing Nick Castellanos. Right. Right. So that I heard that too today on radio. Um, So I heard it's about a 50 50 likelihood. And Howard Eskin might have been rep- – <laughs> I, I, I hate Howard Eskin. I've hated Howard Eskin since the mid-'80s. Lev, what do you think, man? Castellanos, what are you uh, – you on board with that? Because you want to talk offseason while they were in the playoffs, and I told you we couldn't, and now – We can't. Now we can. Like, who would be your replacement in right field? Because Schwarber's going to be your full-time DH. So um, you would probably – and we're under the one-minute mark now, so it might just cut out, so – Finish the show, uh, Lev. Finish the home. show. I I would like to see him stay, unless you're you're bringing in a Mike Trout, which I don't think is necessarily what we want to do. We want to maybe go younger in the outfield, and I don't want Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah. Too much. You want to probably bring in someone around Castiano's salary grade, and that would be that would be it. So we want to bring in someone who's good, obviously. I'd like to bring in less of maybe a power bat and more of a, a professional hitter. Um, if you can find both, that'd be awesome, but they're probably not making what Castellanos makes, which I think is 20 a year. So I wanted to wrap up because it's going to cut out and I wanted to wish you an awesome weekend. Go you Bulldogs. Too, Go dogs. Have a great weekend. See you soon. All right, buddy. You too. Stay well.